This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of Happier with Gretchen Rubin. To show my appreciation for the support and enthusiasm of Happier listeners, I wanted to provide an excerpt from the audiobook from my latest work, Life in Five Senses, How Exploring the Senses Got Me Out of My Head and Into the World. I'm thrilled to say that Apple named Life in Five Senses as one of its must-listens. As you'll hear, I narrate the book myself. If you'd like to know more about my experience of recording the audiobook, you can read an article posted on my site, GretchenRubin.com. I write about the many tricky words I had to learn how to pronounce, the surprising auditory illusion I experienced during the recording session, and why I had to keep a pillow in my lap the entire time. I hope you enjoy listening to this excerpt. Onward and Upward. Seeing what was missing. A few years ago, an ordinary event shook up my life. I made a trip to the eye doctor. One wintry Thursday morning, my eyes felt gummy and sandy when I got out of bed, but I paid no attention to them until I caught a glimpse of myself in the bathroom mirror. I was startled to see that the whites of my eyes had turned an angry pink and my lashes were clumped together the distinctive signs of pink eye. I ignored my condition for as long as I could, but eventually I found myself in my eye doctor's exam room, trying not to touch my face. How many times had I sat in this chair and counted the certificates mounted against the light wood of the walls? To someone unfamiliar with bulky eye exam equipment, the complicated shapes might look menacing, but I'd been facing off with those machines since third grade. I cried when I first learned that I needed glasses, but the minute I put them on and discovered that I could make out a bird on a branch and every face on the playground, I loved them. Finally, my doctor breezed in. He checked my very pink eyes, confirmed my amateur diagnosis, and prescribed some drops. 
As we said goodbye, he added casually, make sure you schedule a regular checkup soon. As you know, you're more at risk for a detached retina. Wait, what? I asked, turning around. Actually, no, I don't know about that. You're extremely nearsighted, which makes it more likely that your retina will pull away from its normal position. It's a serious problem that could damage your vision, so if it starts, we want to catch it right away. He spoke as cheerfully as if he were giving me a standard reminder to drink enough water or wear sunscreen. I'm sorry, I said. Can you explain that again? I flashed back to the fact that the nurse had referred to me as a high myope just before the doctor came in. He repeated himself, and I listened with mounting alarm. I had a friend who had recently lost some of his sight due to a detached retina. I became so distracted by my anxiety that as the doctor talked, I could hardly hear what he was saying. I didn't take notes, and I always take notes. He finished by saying, So, I'll see you at your next checkup, okay? Okay, thanks, I said, stunned, and continued out the door. By the time I was outside, something in me had shifted. I felt frightened. My sight. Until this conversation, I had never given much thought to my sense of sight beyond making sure that my contact lens prescription was up to date. As I headed home through the soft dusk, I realized that it had been a long time since I'd noticed the New York City streetscape that I loved. What if it dimmed or even vanished for me? I turned a corner, and in an instant, all my senses seemed to sharpen. It was as if every knob in my brain had suddenly been dialed to its maximum setting of awareness. I gazed through my sticky eyes at the luminous gray sky above the buildings and at the frilly purple leaves of the ornamental kale in the tree boxes. I picked out every sound in the weekday city racket of sirens, jackhammers, horns, and shouts. I smelled a heady mixture of car exhaust, marijuana, and honey-roasted peanuts from a nuts-for-nuts cart. Never before had I experienced the world with such intensity. It was extraordinary. As I continued through the streets, waves of exhilaration made me want to laugh out loud or say to a passing stranger, look at the trees, aren't they beautiful? For too long, I realized, I'd been taking it all for granted. The colors, the sounds, the feel of everything around me. My walk home took only 20 minutes, but those 20 minutes were transcendent. I kept thinking, this experience is now, it's here, and it's also past, never to be repeated. In that time, I woke to a profound truth. I had my one body and its capacities right now, and I wouldn't have them forever. In college, I'd read a cheap edition of Henry James's The Portrait of a Lady on a top bunk with no proper reading light. Now I had to enlarge my smartphone's font to answer my emails. One day, I might no longer hear my husband Jamie's loud yawns or see our dog Barnaby triumphantly race through the apartment with his beloved abominable snowman toy in his mouth. Already, our daughter Eliza was out of the apartment, and we had just a few years left with Eleanor under our roof. I was a dutiful caretaker of my body, careful to get enough sleep, to exercise, to eat healthy food, to get my checkups and vaccines, 
to wear sunglasses and a seatbelt. But was I appreciating my body and its powers? Was I savoring each day of my life as it was unfolding? Was I paying attention to the people I loved? As I pressed the keypad to let myself into our apartment building, I accepted the truth that until now, I'd ignored. I was running out of time. Shadows had begun to slant eastward, over Central Park, and over my life. I didn't want to come to the end and think, so many things happened to me. I wish I'd been paying attention. I came home to an empty apartment. Before long, I heard Jamie calling me from the front hallway, and I jumped up to greet him. Hello, I said with a rush of love. How was your day? When I gave him a kiss, I noted the rough stubble on his cheek, and as we talked, I found myself gazing into his face with an intensity that led me to register the green of his eyes and the gray in his dark hair as I hadn't for a long time. I waited for Eliza and Eleanor to return from dinner with their grandparents. When they walked through the door, they seemed taller than I remembered, as though I'd been looking at them without really seeing them for months. Hello, I said as I gave each of them a long hug. Hi, they answered with some surprise at my enthusiasm. As I pulled Eliza close, then Eleanor, I noted the scents of their different shampoos. One honey, one plum. When they were little, I'd been so physically engaged with my daughters, constantly caring, bathing, feeding, rocking, and cuddling them. Now that they were older, I more often kept my distance. Too much time had passed since I'd held them tight. I resolved to make a change. My pink eye infection cleared after a few days, but I couldn't stop thinking about what I'd experienced. For years, I'd been studying human nature and reflecting on how we can build happier lives, the science of the soul. One of my most important realizations was that we can build a happy life only on the foundation of self-knowledge. The more my life reflected my own temperament, values, and interests, the happier I became. So I spent a lot of time trying to know myself better. Before starting this process of self-examination, I'd assumed, how difficult can it be to know myself? I hang out with myself all day long. But self-knowledge is hard. To know myself better, I ask myself questions. Whom do I envy? What do I lie about? What did I do for fun when I was 10 years old? How do I put my values into action? I also followed dozens of happiness-boosting resolutions. Revive a dormant friendship. Follow the one-minute rule. Celebrate minor holidays. And choose the bigger life. Despite all these efforts, over the past few years, I'd started to realize that I felt stuck in my head disconnected from the world and other people, and also from myself. I traveled all the way from New York City to Los Angeles to see my sister Elizabeth. But when I got back, I realized I hadn't once noticed her characteristic way of gesturing with her hands. And I had no idea if she was still wearing her signature circle necklace every day. Had I really looked at her at all? I'd been trying to figure out what was missing from my life, and that unforgettable walk home from the eye doctor revealed the answer. I needed to connect with my five senses. 
I'd been treating my body like the car my brain was driving around town. But my body wasn't some vehicle of my soul to be overlooked when it wasn't breaking down. My body, through my senses, was my essential connection to the world and to other people. I knew, of course, that I could have a happy, complete life even if I lost some of my body's capabilities. My fear was that one day I'd regret all that I'd ignored. Today I might think, I'm too busy to plan a trip to Death Valley. But if I lost my sense of sight, I'd think, I wish I'd seen the desert. Some people love mountains, and others love the ocean, meadows, lakes, or forests. Maybe I loved a landscape of sand dunes, and I didn't even know it. Thanks for listening to this excerpt from my new book, Life in Five Senses, How Exploring the Senses Got Me Out of My Head and Into the World. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to order Life in Five Senses, you can find information and purchase links in the show notes. Onward and upward. From the Onward Project. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.